Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to the Living History UK podcast, a podcast for the discerning and knowledge-hungry historians out there. You can support our podcast and get much more from Living History UK by joining our Patreon from just £1. And by doing so, you'll be a part of an ever-growing community and really help to make a difference as we strive to keep history alive. But for now, enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Living History UK podcast. Today we are talking about the We Have Ways Festival, hosted by Al Murray and James Holland. Um, so, but one of our crew, being Steve, he actually went to the festival. How are you doing, Steve? Hello, Peter, and hello, uh, listeners. Keeping very well, thank you. Busy as always, but uh, certainly can't complain. Always a pleasure to sit down and record a episode for the podcast, of course. Naturally, naturally. <laughs> um, so, Steve, what is the We Have Ways Festival? So the festival is born out of the We Have Ways podcast. So We Have Ways is a, is a podcast that was set up, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, towards the beginning of the COVID lockdown. So it's been around for pretty much three years now, um, getting on for. And it's it's a podcast all about the Second World War. It's exclusively about the Second World War. And it's all all nations, all operations, battles, missions, it's it's really interesting. There's so many fantastic they're in episode numbers are in the hundreds now. Um, but as you as you've alluded to, it's hosted by Al Murray, who now follows Living History UK on Instagram. I have to drop that in there. Uh, that was as a result of the festival. Come on to that in a bit. And also James Holland, renowned uh, author as well on all things uh, World War Two. Uh, his book on Sicily is out now. Definitely uh, worth a read. So on the back of the podcast. They must have sat around a table and thought, actually, it'll be quite nice to put a bit of a festival together. All our sort of listeners can meet each other and they can see some military hardware and better understand the subjects that they talk about on the podcast. So that is where um, myself and a number of other living historians kind of entered the fray. Yeah, it does sound really good. I'm gutted that I missed it last year and this year, but it's just 
calendar and other things always get in the way. But I'm glad you managed to go, Steve, to uh, wave the flag, so to speak. What you've already uh, alluded to, Steve, that it's purely World War II. Um, So what kind of stuff were you going to expect when going to the uh, festival? So We Have Ways Fest is is heavily dominated by, by talks, lectures, if you will, and book signings for that matter. Um, so it all centers around, uh, it runs on a Friday to the Sunday inclusive. And you've got a lot of talks from people like James Holland, uh, Al Murray. You've got people like Max Hastings are in there. Andrew Chatterton um, from CART, if anyone is into their auxiliaries. Everyone knows I love my auxiliaries. Got his uh, book sat next to me, Britain's Secret Defence. I'm working my way through that. I picked that up at the festival. Uh, didn't get it signed by him, though, because the queue was massive. So it's very much a kind of, um, it's the nucleus, this sort of uh, hub of all things we have ways. It's where all the listeners can come together. They can camp over for the weekend. They can attend lectures, go and get a, a you know, sort of craft beer or craft ale and cider for that matter from the fabulous bars there. They can pick up books from their favourite authors, have them sign, meet and greet. Um, There's kind of everything, everything sort of World War II military history is there. Now you also have the there's a lot of military hardware goes so there's everything from like a a Stuart tank to Sherman's, uh, Cromwell's, Universal Carriers, uh, loads of Jeeps as ever. You always see them at uh, events, but it's very much dominated by armour and also artillery. So the Garrison Artillery Volunteers were their fantastic group with their uh, 25-pounders. Uh, I think they had a 17-pounder as well. Uh, and then you have other living history groups like uh, the Oxfordshire Home Guard who were at Living History UK Festival early this year. Uh, and there's plenty of other groups like the Charging Ball uh, group as well. But the reason why I was there on a personal level, was as part of uh, Monty's Men. Yes, she was. And for those of you that don't know who Monty's Men are, um, Monty's Men is, uh, sort of want for a better word, a collaboration of among the best living historians um, on the circuit all come together um, to do a living experience. So like sort of an experimental archaeology, if you will. So like we did with the with our sort of trench experience, or our 48-hour trench that we did. Same concept, but for World War II. And the quality is absolutely outstanding because you've got these blokes who are at the top of their game all coming together um, to to bring something fantastic to the public. So, Steve, when you went uh, with Monty's Men, uh, what sort of stuff was you getting up to? I arrived on the Saturday morning, so I was cheating a little bit because I was working on the Sunday and on the Friday, so I only had the Saturday. Now, the guys got there sort of midday on Friday. They went through an issue of um, like compo tea, ration, fuel tins, burners um, on a personal level, which the photos of which look great because uh, they, they also had a photographer there, well, a couple of photographers, I should say, using original uh, period cameras of film. And the film that's being developed from it is incredible. Uh, it really just brings a, a new sort of context to it all. Uh, so when I arrived on the Saturday, I got there about quarter past eight in the morning. And the guys had already, well, they'd been putting stag on through the night because what they did is they had their pup tents in like a sort of public facing role. But then they went into the woods and they dug uh, slit trenches and they actually stayed in the slit trenches on the Friday night, and uh, they put a stag rotation on through the night, uh, and then they put a patrol out first thing in the morning as well to see if anything had happened in front of the position uh, throughout the night. 
which is really, really uh, quite cool. Uh, obviously, it's all for the authenticity and the, the sort of immersion and living history element. You know, it's not real, but it just kind of gives you that newfound respect and a better understanding of all things, um, you know, sort of British infantry of 1944. So I got there just after they finished that patrol. And the first thing I had to do was report to the uh, CSM, let him know I was there. And he said, yep, good to see you, Dave. You're here with, uh, you know, two section, go and check in with the corporal. So I went over to Corporal Taylor. Um, I hadn't met him before. Uh, so, you know, you can kind of uh, draw parallels with the original guys who were going in as, you know, replacements as well. You're kind of going into something you don't really know. I only knew a couple of people, Shane Nichols being one. Um, he's a bit of a character in himself. Uh, probably was in the original home guard, knowing him. Um, and then uh, Jake Brown, of course, was was there as well. So I got buddied up with uh, Jake, who was also in two section. And uh, we started digging uh the the sort of uh, slit trench uh, making it bigger and deeper uh, so we could obviously take cover in it and we spent about three hours uh, sat in that slit trench and we didn't really get any public until about 11 o'clock but when we got public they all came down in their droves sharing a slit trench with Jake Brown that must have been one heck of an experience for you <laughs> yes i think experience uh, covers it I, I haven't quite had ptsd set in just yet but uh, yeah i had to go for a full medical afterwards um but yes I, I shared the slit trench with Jake Brown and we didn't really have any public come down but yeah it must have been about 11 o'clock i think we had this huge deluge of public come down probably about 60 people all at once and uh, the reason why is there'd been a, a lecture on the Saturday morning from, I think it was James Holland, I could be wrong, but it was one of the big wigs of We Have Ways. And uh, these people had all been directed to come down by the uh, by the speaker. And they, they must have walked about 250 yards down into the forest just to come and see us. And they were all taking photos, had some great people come and meet us. Had a couple of lads who were there with their dads who said, oh, you're Steve from Living History UK. And, you know, it's always nice to get recognised. But the best thing about that, and what always proves that point and hammers it home for me, is it just goes to show you don't know who's watching. And it also makes it extremely worthwhile uh, in our whole, you know, whole endeavours as, you know, Living History UK, that we put content out there and people learn from it. And it sparks their interest. It's all about enthusing people and educating them on history. So that, that was really, really nice. Um, but yeah, we had we had uh, a couple of uh, guys uh, coming and asking about the rations. And before I knew it, you know, uh, this might shock some of you. I was doing a talk on World War II rations and I had about 15, 20 people gathered around the uh, slit trench. Uh, Jake just was was sat there, uh, just taking it all in. I think, but I think even he might have learnt one or two things from that. And it was, you know, it was great to have people. It, and that's one of the things that the audience was such a captive audience. They were people who really wanted to be there. You know, they paid a premium to be at the event, but they were there because they listened to the podcast. They've got that interest in in World War Two history already. Many of them have got a very sound, you know, basis in the period but they were actually genuinely eager to know more rather than saying, oh, I bet that battle dress is itchy to wear, which is what we usually get at events. They were saying, what is battle dress dress like to wear? Uh, Which is basically the same question, but it's more of like an, an educated sort of question. So I was telling many of them about battle dress and about the the equipment and the weapons we were using, and it was such a keen, uh, intuitive audience in that sense. It was uh, it was it was really quite special. To be fair, it was something I haven't really come across at all, apart from uh, when we had the Living History UK festival earlier this year. Yeah, it's always good when you get those members of the public who are there to expand their knowledge um yeah it's great great to see though the members of the public that are there you know on a day out 
Um, but the like the questions that they ask aren't, I wouldn't say not challenging, but they they're quite repetitive in the questions that they ask. Like you said, Steve's like, oh, I bet that's itchy. Well, yeah, it's, it's wool, mate. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like you say, they, they'll ask questions that do make you think a bit as well. Um, they make you go into that filing cabinet into your head, which is good for us because. You know, we're not we're not turning into robots then, answering the same questions um, every hour. So, did you? Um, so, obviously, you was there uh, working, so to speak. Um, did you get to see much of what was going on on the site at all, really? Apart from, like, say, going to and from the car, because I know we, we all know from our own experiences that once you get to an event, it's it, it, it's quite hard to actually see the bigger picture to everything that's going on as much as you want to go and see other displays and things like that it can be quite hard to get away from the display that you're that you're uh working from on the way from the car park to monty's men's location it was literally the car park was on one side of the site and monty's men were on the opposite side of the site so walking through the site i um I got to see all, all the sort of military hardware on display. Uh, bumped into people like Dickie Townsley was there doing BF, uh, Quiggy from the Home Guard, and a few of the faces who uh, who I knew and they knew me, but I, I never remember their name. It's just one of those things. You always see faces at events, and they're like, oh, hi, yeah, you're right. You know, it's just one of those. So got to speak to a few, uh, a few of those along the way and sort of admire their displays. Didn't get to see any of the le- lectures through, throughout the whole day uh, due to the nature of what we were up to. We spent the morning... As I've uh, mentioned earlier, inside the you know digging slit trenches and and sort of uh, you know dug in for the morning, and then at lunchtime we came out of the um, came out of the slit trenches to where our sort of encampment was of, of pup tents, and one of the uh, sort of personalities that was there, which I, I knew they were going, I did want to catch up with them, was uh, Rich Fisher of the Vickers uh, Machine Gun Association. Uh, what those guys do is just absolutely sublime. I and mean, they had 16 Vickers guns lined up at Bisley a couple of weeks back for the um, centenary of the uh, sort of dissolution of the machine gun corps. And that was just, just unbelievable just to even watch on, on a video and they get, they do some great work. And for the very first time, I actually got my hands on a, a Vickers gun. So we worked as a team of three and we went through setting the gun up and moving the tripod, uh, which is a bit of an art in itself. It was uh, Oswald fingers and thumbs, but uh, Rich, Rich came over to me and said, yeah, it's lovely to meet you and we have to do some more stuff together. So they're, they're on Patreon and, and, and Facebook and so forth. So go and check them out because their content is amazing. So that's one uh, sort of facet of the event which I was really um, you know, sort of chuffed to, to be a part of, but also to, to see as well, because their display was great. And they actually had Paul Woodage of World War II TV, brought a group round to uh, sort of talk about the Vickers guns, talk about Monty's men and general infantry. And uh, they, they were enthralled and uh, very much a captive audience watching us uh, sort of uh, struggle to set these Vickers guns up on the tripods, which is, as I say, is a real uh, art in itself. Yeah, it definitely is. I've messed around with a Vickers gun once or twice, and uh, yeah, it, it it's simple, but it's like trying to get everything into sequence and things like that. It's um, ridiculous unless you're doing it all the bloody time. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So for the whole time you was there at the event, what have you taken away from it? What's etched in your mind the most from this event? Undoubtedly, my favorite part of the event was uh, so after we finished with the Vickers MG, we had a few hours downtime, and then it was time to put full full kit on. And at four o'clock, we moved off through the whole site in a sort of single file, well staggered file technically to start with, but then single file through the site and all the public. Who, um, if anyone listens actually to We Have Ways Festival, uh, sorry We Have Ways podcast, you'll hear Al and James speaking really highly of Monty's men, which is really, really nice and refreshing. And the public are like, oh, it's Monty's men. You know, there's a bit of a buzz about us moving through the site. Everyone was following us and that was really cool. But then we did the typical hurry up and wait. So we sat down at the side of the track and we were waiting for our um, arena slot. Now, our arena arena slot was absolutely brilliant. And it was just uh, one of those sites which will forever uh, sort of remain with me in my living history career, uh, probably second or, or third only to um, seeing the, uh, well, Waterloo 200, seeing the Imperial Guard coming over the crest of the hill at, um, you know, actually on the battlefield of Waterloo that, and emerging from the smoke. That was just amazing. So, yeah, we moved into the arena and Alan James were doing some commentary uh, talking about the British uh, moving through the sort of Normandy Bocage and all the uh, obstacles they came up against in terms of German German armour and so forth. And we deployed into um, you know, sort of a, an extended line, uh, fixed bayonets, and a uh, scout car went out and it went over the sort of uh, summit of the hill in front of us, just a gradual hill, out of the view of us and the uh, audience and did a little bit of reconnoitering and then came back. And uh, it was really amusing, actually. I've got to tell this little uh, anecdote. The uh, driver hops out of the scout car and James uh, Holland says something like, uh, oh, so what's happening now, Al? Can you give us a commentary? And Al goes, oh, yes, uh, listen here, chaps. In, in the meantime, this uh, guy who's come out, jumped out of the scout car, jumps up to, onto the Sherman tank and starts speaking to the commander. And he's going, yes, yeah, just over the horizon there, you know, there's definitely no Germans. Everything's tip top. We'll be in Berlin by the nightfall. And it was just one of those moments just, just where a comedian was uh, in his natural habitat, shall we say. That was really quite amusing. So we couldn't help but laugh because it was just funny. But nonetheless, we fixed uh, bayonets and uh, we started moving forward in an extended line. And the Sherman tank just slowly rolled forward and we sort of disappeared over the uh, crest of the hill. And it was just a really poignant moment. Like you look, I looked down the line and it was just one of those moments where you think, this is exactly what it would have been like for those guys in Normandy. like no, There's no electricity pylons. You've got the audience on one side, let's ignore them. But if you're looking out, across there everyone's wearing proper authentic kit you've got a full uh, platoon of guys you've got a wireless operator you've got the, you know the sergeant the, the runner all this sort of it's great and all these infantry sections you've got a sherman tank that just looks and sounds the business and you just think 
that, that's one of those moments where I'm thinking, yeah, I'm 100% glad I came today. It was uh, most certainly my favourite part of the day. Yeah, it's always great when um, you get those experiences like that, where in for us as living historians, just for that sort of slight moment, you got that, you've almost put yourself literally in their boots, so to speak. And yeah, it's a weird feeling when it happens. Um, obviously, you're going to have people that are sat there going, oh yeah, well, you ain't being shot at, are you? But it's not, it's not about the um, that concept. The concept of it is is being there at the time and yeah i know exactly what you mean from what you just said so at the end of the day when you got your gear together and um hung your head in sadness for leaving um something quite quite amazing happened on your way out of the uh of the venue didn't it it did indeed so uh when i got, grabbed my kit together and uh, started you know disappearing from the site James Holland had started his talk in the big tent which was absolutely rammed to the rafters and Al Murray popped out the side of the uh, tent and uh, he sort of just smiled at me and gave me a nod and I went oh cheers Al for a great day and he says oh pleasure he said you guys are absolutely brilliant um, and that was that was kind of the conversation as it was but uh, you know that was nonetheless was um, pretty nice so I was kind of desperate to say oh can I have a photo or something with you or you know something along those lines but I'm not really one of those people I can't sort of bite the bullet I know Pete you're you're probably sitting there uh, in your chair now going well I would have definitely had a photo and said you know we're from Living History UK but I sort of kept my powder dry should we say in that respect but only a couple of days after that I thought a couple of people have asked me to do some videos on my Monty's main kit. So I thought, let's do a little mini series like we did with the Trench event. So I filmed, I think, seven episodes in total for it. And I put the first one up and I put hashtag, you know, we have ways, we have ways fest. And I put at Al Murray and James Holland and uh, I put, put the reel up and Al liked it. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I put a, a reel up on Instagram on the 24 hour ration and uh, Al liked that as well. And then he followed me, or followed Living History UK, I should say, on Instagram. And I was like, bloody hell, this is crazy. So I dropped him a message and I just said, oh, great weekend at We Have Ways Fest. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, if we can ever help you guys out in the guys of Living History UK, just give us a shout. And he come back and he said, yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Steve. Keep it up. So that was that was really, really awesome. It makes it uh, really makes it worthwhile in that sense. It just goes to show, you know, they've got a genuine interest in, in history in that sense, which is, you know, really awesome. Makes it worthwhile. Yeah, it is. It's um, yeah, it's really uh, exciting that we've got Al Murray following the uh, Instagram account now because I've, I've been a fan of Al Murray for oh, donkey's years, but a massive fan of the pub landlord. But yeah, you are right, Steve. I, I have no shame. I'll, I'll probably have shoved a bit one of our business cards in his hand as well. <laughs> Take a picture and give him a card. <laughs> Yeah, I almost felt like asking him if he knew who uh, Pete Neal was from Living History UK, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd have said yes, but probably for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, he might have done, yeah. Yeah. But back in the, like, the days I worked, I, I say worked, did um, some stuff for the Soldiers of Oxfordshire Museum. I actually um, did quite a few things with his dad. Um, yeah, so I've, I've met his dad quite a few times um, at Soldier of Oxfordshire Museum. He's a really nice bloke as well. Quite quite funny, so I think I know, see, see where he gets it from. Quite amusing bloke. But yeah, so that, that brings us on quite ne nicely to one festival to another. 
which is our very own festival. So we have next year, we've already gone public with it. Um, the living history UK festival 2023. Take it away, Steve. I'm really excited for this. And I, I'm going to gonna admit there's no shame in saying that We Have Ways Festival definitely gave me the kind of, um, you know, sort of idea, let's be honest, to uh, to host our own festival. Uh, because the whole concept of We Have Ways Festival is it's not this typical uh, event where you go along and, you know, you grab a, a cheeseburger from the bar and grab a pint of, you know, a Carlin that's like 10 quid and just sit there and watch a battle and go, oh, that was fun. Let's go home which is what happens at almost every single event. In the meantime, you've been drowned out by the sound of George Formby on repeat or Vera Lynn, you know, which, which is great music, but when you're sort of you're subjected to it for 24 hours a day, it, it loses its uh, sort of uh, shine, let's be honest. So, yes, the blueprint has kind of been lifted from We Have Waste Festival, sh- shamefully, but we are hosting our second Living History UK Festival. It's on the 22nd and 23rd of April next year, and it's at Moira Furnace. We have 20 groups booked in and the sort of theme of the festival, the purpose of it is to uh, sort of tell the story of the British soldier from inception in 1645 with the new model army, right the way through to uh, sort of 2012 with the story, you know, sort of history of Iraq and Afghanistan as well and everything in between. So whether it's the, um, whether it's the American revolutionary wars or whether it's uh, Waterloo or whether it's the Crimean or first or second world war, there's something for everyone uh, there. And we'll have our famous timeline at the end of the day as well at the festival and tickets are going to be on sale. Hmm, let's say end of September. So keep an eye out for that. We will announce on the podcast when they're out, but it is going to be bigger, better and bolder next year than it was this year. This year's event was very much the inaugural event, but yes, next year is going to be um, seismically different. Let's put it that way. It's uh, shaping up to be a fantastic event and and the venue, which I know Pete hasn't even seen yet. Uh, he'll be going there very soon. Is is a cracking event as well with its own uh, fantastic uh, history as well yeah i'm really looking forward to doing the uh site recce for it but in like before then we've, we've been doing well was it last two and a bit months we've already started our behind the scenes work on it you know getting the groups together inviting people starting to work out what what traders we'd like there and what we can do to Im- what we need to improve on from last year and things like that so we've been really busy behind the scenes even up up until this point uh but yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to it we've got loads of new groups uh attending as well so those of you that went to our festival this year uh if you enjoyed that some of those groups are coming back as well um doing the same doing their same sort of thing that they were doing before but obviously different setting and different scenario that they're doing uh but yeah we've also what we what we've taken from this as well uh which is the part this is the only spoiler that i'm going to give is that uh so although we are doing the story of the british soldier we're we're also giving a bit of uh, a Commonwealth representation as well. And that's all I'm going to give away from that. Some of the new groups that are coming are absolutely awesome. We've got, for the first time, and I'm really sure we've, we've got them because it was, it was something we wanted last year, but we couldn't get them. But we've got them coming for next year. 
is is a women at war display. So it's going to be like ATS uh, fannies or F-A-N-Y if we're being clean. Uh, they'll be there as well, amongst many other representatives of you know, the, the females sort of uh, contributions to war effort of World War Two, which is really important. And it's, you know, quite rightfully a, a really hot topic at the moment too. So they're going to be there as well next year. And we've got a few other groups booked in for the first time. But yeah, I'm really, really stoked for it. It's going to be it's going to be absolutely cracking. And as Pete said, a lot of work's gone into it. And if you know any of you guys feel like you might want to sponsor the uh, festival or have a trade pitch or even send a donation to help us pay for things like, you know, the toilets or PA or events arena amongst others, then just uh, find, the, find the link in a bio for PayPal uh, and or send us an email. Yeah, they're the only two spoilers that you guys are going to get. So you have to come to the festival to see what else we've got in store for you. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you can, if you can give in any way, or if, like Steve said, if you would like to trade there, please get in contact with us because we want you there. Um, yes, we, we are striving to make it bigger and better than last year. So if you enjoyed it this year, you're in for a real treat next year. And for the first time, you guys, as members of the public and visitors, will actually be able to camp over as well. So that is pretty cool. Um, but we're giving far too much away, Peter, I uh, hasten to add. We are indeed. We're, we're getting to it. We're getting far too excited and just wanted to tell the whole world what we want to do. So I think on that note, I think it's time to bring this podcast to an end before we spill too much. We, we'd be useless in interrogation, wouldn't we? <laughs> They're not even asking us questions and we're just blurting it all out. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it as we've enjoyed making it or recording it, I should say. So until next time, keep history alive. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, then why not send us a PayPal donation? All donations help us pay to host the podcast and for us to create new content for your enjoyment. Furthermore, if you would like to submit a question or even a subject matter for the podcast, join Patreon and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. The links are in our bio. Until next time, keep history alive. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.